Darren, Kerry and Sky, East Coast Radio. Consumer Watch with Wendy Nola. Hello, Wendy lady. Hello, Darren. So um, what if your wedding photographer sells your picture as stock footage? What's up with that? It's so not the topic, but no, he can't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Because, (laughs) well, actually, possibly they could. Well, this is is something that came to my attention this week. I've written about wedding photographer dramas for two decades plus now Mm. and this is something that's never occurred to me so it all started on tuesday morning this week asanda sizani who's a a former magazine editor and creator of black editors which is a platform focused on black excellence in the south african media she Mm. posted an image of an fnb promo featuring an image of a black woman she posted this on twitter Mm. and her her message to fnb was dear fnb south africa I produced this image in 2018 and would like to know how you accessed the image and how it is currently on the FNB app. Mm. My DMs are open. <laughs> That's the um, same one Sky Shabalala showed me on Tuesday. Thank you very much, Sky, for putting uh, this on okay. our radio. Yeah, plaisir. So we'd like to know, what's up with that? Well, so I asked FNB and I got exactly what I was expecting to hear. And that was, we've reached an amicable way forward on the matter. I got a lot of Asanda. She politely told politely told me that she wasn't ready to talk about the issue mm-hmm. yet. So then I reached out to Lise Twales, who is a consultant attorney with Thompson Wilkes Inc. of La Lucia. Yeah. Um, because you know there's a lot about intellectual property rights. Yeah. And this is what I learned. Photographs are regulated by the Copyright Act. And when you take a photo, you automatically have the copyright to it right and then we got talking about wedding photographers because he advises both couples getting married and wedding photographers and he gives them different advice mm. uh, to protect each of their interests so um often wedding photographers retain ownership and copyright of their photos and i suppose yes there's your question are to you know use it as a, a stock image whatever. so it's the photographer's and ip and not the not the uh, married couple yes they re- they retain IP and they license the photos to the couple and their clients with certain, often very prescriptive conditions Provisos, for their use, yes. such as inclu- including the photographer's watermark if the photos are shared mm. everywhere. Mm. And this after the couple has paid handsomely for the photos, you mm. can, you know, up to 50K for, for wedding photos, right? Yeah, yeah. So you can understand the photographer's desire to retain ownership of the photos, but couples about to be married should negotiate, says he with him or her the photographer to have the photos assigned to them that is the magic word we want the photos assigned to us so that they take ownership of them mm. a good compromise lee said it was for the couple to get ownership of their wedding photos by means of assignment but for the photographer to retain moral rights to him by means of getting an undertaking from the couple not to photoshop or crop the images etc because it is there it's an ad you know they are it's an advert for their um for their work right you don't want to tell someone this photograph was taken by whatever and and you've messed it up Mm. and lost all its artistic um beauty so bottom line is the time to settle all of this with your photographer is before you contract and pay your deposit it's far too late after that to say but you know how can you Mm. now be prescribing to us what we do with our photographs and then you know it's too late so what you want is your photos assigned to you but do um be mindful of the fact that the photographer, you know, you should should have some moral rights over what you do with those images in terms of um, their 
aesthetics, I suppose, for want of a better word. Well, Black Friday is right yes. around the corner. Help us out with the low-hanging fruit. How do we protect ourselves on Black Friday? Okay, well, I've been bombarded, especially this week, but for the last two, three weeks, yeah. about from PR agencies, acting for banks, insurance companies, the retailers themselves, you name it. And the bombardment is, is really come to a bit of a crescendo now this week because Black Friday is the 26th of November. Mm -hmm. Traditionally, in America, the day after Thanksgiving, there was no promo stuff for Christmas or anything else up until that Black Friday and then Christmas started. Right. Mm -hmm. And now, of course, in this country and others, it's become, you know, now we talk about Black November. That's the new normal mm -hmm. because why sell, why get people to buy, buy, buy just on Black Friday when you can get them to spend and spend and spend the whole month long. So, um, <laughs> from all these bits of these press releases that I've been sent, I've picked out the one I think are the most useful. So, first one, don't be taken in by the hype and fall into the trap of believing that Black Friday or Black November even is the only time to find a good deal. Do your research, compare when necessary, uh, make sure that you really are getting the good price. And one of the ways you can do that is go to sites such as pricecheck.co.za. So we all know, and it's a show on its own, about, you know, 40% off. Is it really? 40% off what? The retail, the recommended selling price that nobody ever sold that item at, because that's what normally it, it means. So go, so be um, a lot more savvy about this. Go mm -hmm. to sites such as Pricecheck to find out what, what the prices really are. Um, compare prices. Um, uh, don't just stick with your tried and tested, tested retailer and think, well, it, this, it's Black Friday. They must be offering the best price because chances are they aren't. I love this one. I think it was from Budget Insurance of all people. How to make sure that an online store is legit. We are going to put these up in the blog. It was a long list, but I've condensed it down to a few. Um, screen the URL. Fake website addresses are usually off by a character or two, mm -hmm. um, just so that you won't notice. So make sure it is the exact URL. And forces are going to be out in their droves yep. now around Black Friday, so of fake sites and whatever. Mm -hmm. Click on the padlock in the address box. Box. The drop-down menu will show you the security information of the website. Use a website checker. Sites such as Google Transparency Report are there to check the legitimacy of websites. So use that information that's out there for you to find and use for nothing. And read the reviews, as I always say. Um, Google the company um, and see what people are saying um, about the service and the goods that they got. I like this advice from Shafika Anthony, who's the marketing manager of a really great personal finance website called JustMoney.coza. She says, remember to ensure expensive purchases once they are delivered to your door. So whether it's a TV, a designer watch or whatever else, um, it's all very exciting or whatever. But remember, uh, <laughs> you need to uh, add that to your insurance policy. Um, Absa says digital payments are skyrocketing. They're a great way to perform secure payments because digital or mobile payment options are tokenized, which means that the typical information that a fraudster might use is not available to them. Um, interestingly, it's no longer about the day, as we've been saying. The top spending in 2020, the top, top spending day last year in South Africa was not Black Friday, but the day before lockdown level five started. I suppose you can understand that. Yeah. Um, and last year's Black Friday was 31% down on 2019. It's obviously in our COVID year. Yeah. It'll be very interesting to see whether we go back 
to 2019 figures or not. Some people are saying yes. Um, and just, I can't end without saying Ford Alert. The forces will be shopping too. Ed just reminded us about this. Yeah. <laughs> so, vishing is what you want to avoid. When they phone you and trick you into disclosing your personal yes. information, they say they're from your from your from the fraud department of your bank. And here's the thing. They tend to have a lot of your personal information. I had someone yesterday, they, excuse me, yesterday, a Capitec client saying the person that phoned him while he was driving had his ID number, his cell phone number, and his home address, and was able to reel off what debit orders he had. So he thought wow. he was in safe hands, and yeah. he lost 77,000 rand as a result. Banks don't do that. Banks don't phone you up and ask you for any information, yeah. um, codes, or anything like that. If you yeah. get a call, hang up, phone your own, phone your bank. 100%. That's the best uh, best advice uh, Wendy could give us on that one is if uh, they normally give you a panic panic, it is fraud awareness week as well. So uh, hang up, phone the bank yourself and say, okay, cool. You were saying something to me about uh, uh, this and that. Let's go through, uh, let's go through all, the, all, the, all the protocols. So there you go. Um, that, there's a whole lot on that list. So you might need to give this a re-listen. Consumer Watch is a podcast. It'll be available on the website, ecr.co.za. To listen to these moments and anything else you might have missed, go to ecr.co.za and click on podcasts.